Hey, humanoids. You better be watching The Ringer's live reaction show, Talk to Thrones, this Sunday. Andy Greenwald, Mother of Dragons Mallory Rubin, Chris Ryan, and our very own maester, Jason Concepcion, will be coming to you live after the East Coast airing of the Game of Thrones finale. Talk to Thrones will stream exclusively on Twitter and Periscope right after the episode ends, and it can be found on The Ringer's Twitter handle, at Ringer. They'll be reacting the same time as you, contextualizing the events, and explaining everything that just unfolded. Again, the show is called Talk to Thrones. You can stream it live after the East Coast airing of Game of Thrones, and it's on our Twitter and Periscope, at Ringer. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. Dave Schilling is on vacation in Las Vegas. Actually, he's working, covering a big fight. Um, but I've got a suitable replacement right here in the studio. Andrew Goldstein, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This is my uh, first time here on The Ringer. First time. We live in the L.A. lifestyle. For, yeah, but for, I walked here because I'm a New Yorker. I don't, I don't even have a car. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, being, I was back in New York, obviously, for SummerSlam for the past few days. It was nice to be back. I saw you briefly. Yeah, we had chicken and waffles together. It was wonderful. Um, it's, uh, yeah, the, the chicken and waffles might be like the best food on the Lower East Side right now. It's very, the Lower East Side has changed too much. I'm not going to rant about that. I'm saving my rant bucks for the, uh, for my beach ball segment later, but. My chicken and waffles hot take is the chicken should be boneless. Yeah. Yeah, it's that was a, my only disappointment. It's less authentic, but you're eating chicken and waffles. I to, I'm, like, I'm I want to be able this. to take my fork, cut into the chicken and the waffle, and put it in my mouth immediately. I don't want to have to pull it off the bone, then stab the, the waffle. Yeah, if you have like a drumstick and a waffle, it's like you have to like put one in each hand it's and go back and forth. too much work. It's yeah. like crab legs. Um, I wish there was a really good wrestling metaphor we could draw, draw out of that. That would have been, been perfect for the segue. Um I, uh, I, we, so I, we got through SummerSlam. We had, we had NXT, we had SummerSlam. And, and if you, if you don't know, and you're listening to this, uh, I, Greg, a stack guy, Greg and I recorded a podcast on Monday covering the, uh, covering those two events. We're going to talk about it more today. And then we had raw, we had SmackDown, my biggest takeaway and, and given they already announced that SummerSlam is coming back next year. Um, my biggest takeaway is you just it's you can't run the same venue four nights in a row. You can't run the same city four nights in a row. If the beach balls taught us anything, it's that wrestling fans are not mature enough to stay up past their bedtime four nights in a row. The wrestling festival vibe you're not feeling. The WrestleMania takes over the town. Well, I've been a longtime advocate for like SummerSlam and Mania being two night right. events. You've been pushing the two night. And now I'm going. Now I'm not thinking twice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't what? know. I, also, I mean, I think they should run other venues too. I mean, it's the I know that they. You know, I mean, it, it, for a lot of reasons, but the, I don't know, it's just, it, it's just, it, it's, it, it, and it's, it's exhausting even if you're like, you know, a non beach ball throwing fan. Which, who, I mean, who are the fans that, I mean, there, there's groups of fans. They're the people that go to all four nights. Yeah. And then there are the people that like pick and choose. Like, and if you're in the, in the pick and choose camp, 
who is just going to SmackDown? That's a good question. Like on Tuesday night. Like That's a really good All qu- of this amazing stuff <laughs> happened Sunday through through Tuesday, and then you're deciding to go Tuesday. I think there's probably Smackdown. a lot of local fan, a lot of New York fans who are just like SmackDown is the cheapest ticket. You know, like probably. I want I want to bring my kid to wrestling SummerSlam weekend, so yeah. we'll choose that one. Yeah. Also, there's I mean SmackDown's a great show. It's um, the most fun show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, my my presumption is especially at a place like especially in when you're running the exact same venue four nights in a row that it's a really heavy overlap of people who are there every single night just because it's the same number of people in there every night. But that's probably not true. Um, it's almost like baseball, like a homestand. Yeah, but it's wrestling. It's, it's very strange. You know, there's something really. It's there's a subtle difference between Raw and SummerSlam, but the Raw after Mania and the Raw after SummerSlam, and that like when you fill up a football stadium on Sunday, the Monday night ticket is a is the hottest ticket the yeah. whole year, right? Because there's I think it's yeah. fifteen thousand people who who and there were fifty thousand the day before, and they were all trying to cram into the same place, and everybody's. I mean, it's like. It's like the camp reunion of wrestling weekends. You know, everybody's happy to see each other again. You're yeah. happy to be there in a different v- venue. But I mean, we I, I sat in almost exactly the same seats for all three nights that I was there. I was not able to you stay. You could have for like a, left your shoes camp. underneath the seat. They should have. I think I've probably said like this, a locker. I, yeah, I've made this joke before. They should like have like like cots where you can just yeah. stay there the whole weekend. It's like a four day prison sentence. Um, I miss. I like the uh, the model where it's like the garden. Yeah. And then Barclays, yes. and then Meadowlands, and then you know Philly. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I mean, listen. From a purely selfish point of view, it's really nice to be able to like post up at a hotel in downtown Brooklyn or whatever, and then yeah. just like walk to the show every day. Um, but you know, it's, shades it's a of lot. New Orleans WrestleMania. That's I, my favorite WrestleManias are the walking ones. That city is built for sporting events. You can eat. Drink, party, and walk to the arena and walk home from the arena. Yeah, absolutely true. So I started the weekend at the 2K, uh, the the video game launch party. Shouts to 2K for for putting on a great weekend, a great show. Um, Rosenberg did a little did a little business at the. I two- saw there was a little heat. There was a little pu- uh, pull apart. Yeah, but that that was really fun, and that's all. I mean, I've I've always say it, but like, man. Um, it's a great video game. It's a, it's an even better party, man. They, they know how to do it there at 2K. They know what they're doing. Um, if, if anyone listening to this, new, it was the new day in, uh, Seamus and Cesaro. No, it was, um, the bar in Seamus. Oh, sorry. Seamus and Cesaro and, uh, the reunited shield Rollins and Ambrose. Right, right, right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that so that, you know, that was good Saturday night. Um, always the highlight was NXT. Yeah. That's you, the show I wanted to go to. Sadly, I I uh, I had uh, familial commitments. See, the, it's great when wrestling comes to your town for a big weekend like that. The fallback is like you still have to like live your life. Well, yeah. And now as uh, I'm newly married, so uh, the chances of me being able to go to four <laughs> yeah, nights of wrestling it's impossible. is uh, those days are gone. So uh, I had to pick and choose. But I, NXT of everything, <laughs> NXT is the show I wanted to go to. Yeah, it was it was it was really fun. It was yeah. really fun, and, and that's it's the closest thing. I mean, uh, if you want to like like back. By the up, way, sorry, ladies. Yeah, if you want to, <laughs> yeah, he's off the market. Um, listen, uh, if watching wrestling for our entire lives has taught us anything, it's that uh, relationships are only as is only as serious as the as the angle permits. So this is true. Um, but a lot of stuff happened at NXT. The the um, the Bullet Club ish adjace happened the ring of honor run in yeah the ring of honor bullet clubby 
I'm so I, I'm I'm very excited for it. I'm very excited to see where it goes. If I mean, and this is just like wide wide zoom. This is the biggest angle. This could be the biggest angle they've ever run in NXT. Yeah, right. The concept because we've been talking about. I mean, either I, you know, I think we've alluded to it on the show for months because it was sort of like an unsourced uh, thing that everybody was talking about. Like this Ring of Honor invasion has been in the works for a while. But there was some confusion as to whether or not it was going to be a main roster invasion. Yeah. And I guess it could. this could be a testing ground to bring this faction over to the main roster. What I liked about it was I feel like NXT exhausted the free agents sitting in the front row deal. They they did that about three times in a row with their new acquisition. And so this time, like, there's actual in-ring, you know, sort of run-in old school, um, uh, you know, Perry Saturn... (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, who were the radicals? You remember when the radicals very radicals adjacent? Yeah, it was. Remember when the radicals came in and we were just like, these guys are all too short to be main eventers. Oh yeah, and now these Ring of Honor guys are like they're kid brothers. Anyway, right. well, but they're awesome. So whatever. I've been, I've been the, I've been marking out for Adam Cole and Red Dragon for the longest time, and and I'm excited to see what they do. They um, looked, they looked great. I thought they executed great. I, one thing I found funny was Adam Cole did his Adam Cole Bebe shtick. Yeah. And then the next night on Raw, Seth Rollins said, Seth Rollins Bebe. I totally and I missed that. I was like, that. wait a second. The things you miss when you're watching Gimmick live. infringement. So I was, jo- I joked on the, uh, when we were watching, when we were at the 2K event, they played the Titantrons whenever all the guys came out. And I was like, Seth Rollins Titantron is five minutes of him doing other people's moves. Yeah. Like, I mean, which is totally well, fine. You're allowed to steal moves to in wrestling. To his credit, they have taken away two of his uh, finishing maneuvers. They, the curb stomp. Oh, yeah. And the pedigree. Sure. So. I mean, I love, the, I love the, that we're in an era of wrestling where two people can do the same move. We have multiple Pele kicks. Rollins and... I mean... Rollins the, and Balor both kind of do the sling blade. Like, there's a... There, it's, it's a... Uh, uh, it's silly when they, it's silly. Like I get the finisher is only yours, but even now we have like multiple variations on the DDT going on Every, and I'm fine with it. I am uh, almost to the point of being so done with kicks. They're like rendered wow. useless. They're like rendered useless at this point. Everyone's kicking. Kicking is the new punching. It is. <laughs> if we had, if we, if we made a bunch of t-shirts like, uh, like some of those other podcasts. You can quote kicking, me on that. Kicking is the new punching would sell a million copies. Daniel Bryan started it. Yeah. And now everybody's doing it. And then AJ Styles took well, it to Daniel the new Ryan level with brought the it in from the sort of like indie international scene and, and other guys who were already doing it. Followed. But I, I, I mean, there's, there are a lot of kicks. The, I mean, I, it, it will be interesting to see if there's ever a point where they protect, like when Aleister Black gets called up, because he has the best kick in the history of mankind. If you, if, yeah, if they roll back everybody else's kicks to make his Sure, look obviously good. like... But the Inziguri, I mean, you could do a counter in the lower third of the screen for every Inziguri. And it would be in the triple digits. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Hardy has that kind of corkscrew insiguri thing that just looks Dude, like so you slow popped motion me now. So hard, you popped me so hard uh, on our group text when somebody brought up the Hardys and you you called Matt, Matt, Matt Hardy the peg leg. Oh, yeah. I said it was like, it's really, it's really heartwarming how far Matt Hardy's come with two wooden pulls for Shout legs. Shout out to Matt Hardy. Yeah. He's, he's walking around like... Uh, um, yeah. It's it's really yeah they they are uh, yeah I mean it's I, really tough to watch him sometimes like get in and out of the ring and like fire up a comeback. I think I said it on the show before, but it's like when when uh you know there's a lot of over the years been a lot of unnecessary ire uh, directed towards people who were like started off as backyard wrestlers or self taught or whatever, but like you really understand the value of learning the like learning the 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 basics the quote unquote right way. 
when you see somebody who's self-taught because the, even though you kind of like pick up the right way, you regress back to yeah. your feet are too close together. It looks like you're going to tip over at all times. And it's like, you're just stiff as hell. Do you ever see one of those dogs that are really tall and their legs, <laughs> their legs, their like knee joint isn't like a human. That's the way Matt Hardy walks around. It's very strange. And then Jeff is definitely, um, they're sort of a nostalgia act at this point. Like Jeff, yeah, that that was a that was a weird ongoing conversation. Um, they get the pop when they come out because the, their entrance is fire. Love them, but then you know they get in the ring and it's the same six moves and they're kind of slow. But they're fun to have on the roster. They, Look, they Raw are. needs babyface tag teams. They that, only have now they only have the Reform Shield and the Hardys. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that's it, that was sort of one of the low key conversations that I felt like I had over and over again the week, this weekend was if they're ever going to pull the trigger on the Hardy's delete thing. And if they, and if, and, or, and, and I was just like, you know, it's possible that they're just the Dudley boys. So they're just coming back for a, for a, you yeah. know, one last run and they're going to just like sell all the merch now they're and just gonna the put, crowds. They're just there to put people over now. I'm interesting. I'd be interested to see if Jeff Hardy has another singles run in him, but, but I don't, but I think regardless, I He's think. He's working on one leg. Yeah. <laughs> Or you think- no, because he had his, I mean, not literally, but he had the motorcycle accident like a year ago. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, um, any, any, so NXT had a couple of big moments. Um, SummerSlam is obviously a show made of moments, although it did feel like they were, they were treading water. The first hour was rough. Well, are you, did well, you, were you the there pre- at the very beginning? Or are you talking the, the first? The pre-show was awesome. The pre-show had like three really fun matches spread out over like two and a half hours. Yeah, and sadly, you know the 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 crowd. You know, it was before the 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 crowd got in there. Yeah, that's not for the most part. But then the first hour of SummerSlam, you know, seven o'clock Eastern was rough. Yeah, until about the ta- until about the tag team uh, match, mm-hmm. the Bar versus uh, the Shield. Then the pay per view started moving, and then the cast thing. That to me is like the low key biggest story. That You're was talking in- about Raw or or or, or SummerSlam. Wasn't that SummerSlam? Cass's injury? No, that happened on Raw. They had the Brooklyn right, Street the Brooklyn fight. Street on, fight. It all blurs together. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm, right. lo- I'm looking at it on my computer screen right now. Yes. Um, well, so that match, what, uh, SummerSlam, that annoyed me because uh, if you're going to do the shark cage and you're going to have him squeeze out through the bars, which is a great not, idea. But- why not do a high spot? Yeah. Why not turn around and jump? onto Cass and he catch him something instead of just dropping down slowly like Jim Cornette off the scaffold. That that's a very good reference. One of my one of my favorite wrestling moments of all time. Shout out to the old people listening. <laughs> the uh listen man, young young people have YouTube too. Night of the Skywalkers. One of like the greatest like the, I, best. the number the, the, the number stories of- about Jim Cornette dropping and Big Bubba missing him and Cornette shattering both knees. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it was so great. Um but yeah, it does. It did feel like on in, in the Enzo and Cass, or sorry, the Cass and Big Show match with Enzo and the Shark Cage, or this whole angle. They're trying to kind of like split the baby in half, where the, it's like they're. It seems like they're ready to sort of put Enzo out to pasture. Well, it seems like the, I mean the whole point is to give Cass the push. Yeah, but and sadly, but they're willing to like milk the crowd reaction for Enzo just enough, but not enough to like to really you know follow through with it. So you have this great spot where he slips out of the shark cage, but that spot, I mean, if when the payoff is him getting booted in the face, I mean, I get it. It's a nice heel, like kill the crowd moment, but it just didn't feel like 
it just it just what was it the just point like of the stipulation? Book. Enzo has proven to not be that much of a distraction anyway. Yeah, because he because Cass has gotten the best of the big show every time leading up to it, except for the the one big punch in the go home. I don't know. The, usually, it's a heel in a cage like that. Like it's very rare that, that you put a baby face up there. You're right. It's very it, the whole thing was. That's the thing. It's like it's logically. It, very strange. You're supposed to be sitting in the crowd laughing at the plight of Bobby Heenan in a shark cage. Exactly. Like, I hate him he's so afraid, much. Yeah. He's scared of heights. The whole thing. Dropping brass knuckles down. There was the, then there were, there were rumors that Enzo is like shoot afraid of heights. And that's in part, it was sort of a rib to put him up there. He didn't sell it. Yeah. No, he, he was, he was dancing his way. So the that was match. like a disappointment. But then, like I said, like hour two, it really started to pick up and you had that, that flurry of the tag match, Owens and AJ the, and then the, the the two main events. I, I rewatched some of the video packages because obviously in the arena, there all it is is dead time. And I and I still think it's a problem that WWE has to has to figure out that like the the, the packages when you're watching at home are great. <laughs> I got multiple texts from people who are watching at home or just like you got to watch Finn's promo package. It was yeah, like the, the setup. Package. It was the most real sports thing that you you know yeah the setup package the most the most like real athlete look a wrestler's ever got and it was it was really intense. Um, the Nakamura gender setup package was great yeah. and really really great in the main event too but it's like it's i just feel like you well, got it's a tv show yeah you got, and you're at the you're at the live tape it, it's not as bad as raw where you're just like sitting on your hands for yeah. an hour and a half of the three hours watching wwe cares videos or whatever exactly. but um even at the i mean i said i said a while ago that it it was I forgot what the event was but it was frustrating because they threw out a popcorn match before the main event and I was just like it's too much meaningless time because your your setup packages are your popcorn matches now right that's your opportunity yeah. to go to the bathroom to take a breath to whatever well, but the pop but even that the, the the packages are just too much old school I mean I was this I'm like ten years almost today not today but ten years to this sort of time when I was at WWE and back then it was always at least on Raw they would throw in the Divas match mm-hmm. right before the main event. The main event. I mean, I just think there's... So you had like a good almost 30 minutes because of two commercial breaks and the Divas match to get up, go to the bathroom, get your last snack, get your last beer, get back for the main event of Raw. It's it's a tough balance because I get it. They wanted to have like a real real sports feel. You have, But it's also, I mean, I can't speak. I know this is really just me. But when I look down at my watch and I say we have 90 minutes left and three basically like main events left, yeah. which they did. Al- yeah, yeah. It's, it's already a little bit. It's already a little bit exhausting. You know what I mean? You're just like, oh, I'm just going to see three. Like- and you were there for the pre-show, which means you've already been sitting for three hours and you went to NXT the night before. They, it's a lot to ask of your fans. I think maybe they should just be bringing out T-shirt guns during the package, during the video packages. Well, they used to do that at Raw, too. I don't know. I, I haven't. They don't do too much of that anymore. Yeah. I they mean, used to have like Layla come out and do like a dance and shoot. You know, and then they do the kiss cam and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But they've kind of relaxed on that. So moving on, I mean, we have we'll we'll circle back to to SummerSlam because it was you know it, it, its repercussions were felt over the past two nights. You asked me when we walked in how the rest of my week was because we saw each other we saw each other on, on Friday on Friday. But but um, I had a you know SummerSlam for me was I thought it was a really great card and I was excited about it the next day. I think my only my only note was that um. You know, Brock retaining def- was a little bit deflating after such a great match, just because it's like you know we're running it back again. 
I would even I would have rather seen people throwing trash at Roman Reigns for just winning clean or say, you know, like just something to yeah. be different and memorable. That said, I, I I got the impression that and I think I might have said this on Monday that like the whole that Brock's gimmick of like I'm gonna quit if I don't win was like actually kind of real. And that <laughs> and that like they they kind of like the deal they've made with him is basically like you're the champion. Yeah, I mean through WrestleMania. I try to put blinders on and not think about the fact that like it's kind of common knowledge that they're keeping the title on Brock through WrestleMania, Brock reigns the whole thing, like try to be in the moment. But um, when he got carted off on the stretcher, I had shades of uh, the famous WWE ECW uh, elimination chamber with Punk and Big Show and Lashley and the whole thing. And the reason Heyman ended up leaving was because he pushed so hard for Punk right out of the gate yeah. to beat the Big Show, and then it's oh, oh my God, we're gonna have a new champion, yeah. whoever it is. By the end of this match, there's gonna be a new champion because the champ just got eliminated. Right. Ten years later, here we are again. Heyman's involved, so I my brain started thinking, oh my God, Heyman was backstage. Heyman has like finally got his plan to play out here. Ten years That's later. Great. Like, oh, my God, the champ is out of the match. Now we know one of these three men is going to be your new champion. But then, of course, they did the old tried and true. Brock comes back. Talking about it being a TV show that we're just the, like the live audience there for. Like the, the one kind of fun but in the end really distracting thing was that they just have the the, uh, the steady cam guy just go and stand by the entrance ramp every time somebody's about to come yeah. out. Well, that's the life hack of going to a live wrestling event <laughs> yeah. is if you want to know like when something's happening is keep an eye on the cameraman. Yeah, exactly. You, they'll get, they'll have a, they'll have a cameraman with like, uh, his handheld posted up by the entrance ramp and you know, somebody's coming out. Exactly. Um, yeah, we, though, though I did get, I did get tricked one time during on Raw when, uh, right before Finn came out, they like set up the smoke machine, which is like they take a panel out of there's the no, floor. There's no more smoke machines or pyro. No, they, there I is. Know. Oh, yeah. But they're, okay. So they, they, they had to like take a panel out of the floor mm-hmm. and replace it with a smoke panel or something. And I couldn't tell what was going on. I thought there was going to be somebody coming out of the ground. Right. So I was sitting there with my buddy Dean trying to figure out like who, like what gimmick this is that I don't Gangrel. Exactly. He's returned. Um, Mordecai. But, but yeah, the, so I mean, I had, I, I sat the entire weekend off the floor, like the, you know, 15 rows up right by the cameras, basically. And the hard that's, camera side. Yeah. And that's yeah. my favorite place to sit as a wrestling podcaster and writer because you actually experience it sort of like you're watching it on TV. You get the whole, yeah. and you can also see, you know, like on, on the Monday show, was, you know, Greg was saying how I was like, look over there, Adam Cole's about to come out. You know, I could, you can kind of like stage yeah. direct the whole thing. Um, but, it's be, I mean, there's nothing like being on the floor. There's nothing like being really close to the ring. And what and and part of it, as it relates to this conversation, is you can get lost in it. Yeah. You know, when somebody runs out, run makes a run into the ring, you don't see it until like after the people on TV because you're just like in the mosh pit. Yeah. Anyway, the, uh, the best part about sitting hard camera side is that all wrestlers for the last thirty years have been instructed to play to the hard camera. That's like Vince's like number one golden rule yeah. of working in the ring. So if you're seated hard camera side, everyone everyone in the ring is playing towards you. Yeah, it's you a really, never you never get the big moment where their back is to you. I was trying to explain to a non wrestling fan what the over the weekend what the uh, what the best seats in the house were. They, that was just the question. I was just like, well, I think a lot of fans would say 
the other side because you get to be on camera. Like you're the, like the the goal is to be. Well, yeah. If you're an if you're a 2017 entitled fan and you want to be part of the show, which is a great segue. <laughs> but before we get to the other side of it, a quick word from WWE Tap Mania. SummerSlam just happened. And for all of you still dying for some sweet WWE action, check out the new game from Sega, WWE Tap Mania. In WWE Tap Mania, you can become a superstar and battle your favorite legends with endless layers of action and strategy. Seriously, this game is a lot of fun to play and super easy to pick up. Just get in the ring and unleash the mania. You can download WWE Tap Mania for free on your phone or mobile device from the App Store and Google Play. And you can tap into some epic WWE history and build a team with some of your favorite legends and superstars like The Rock, John Cena, The Undertaker, where was he this weekend? Triple H, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Sasha Banks, and many, many more. Plus, you can personalize your own superstar and signature moves to dominate the leaderboards and compete in live events based on Raw, SmackDown, the Royal Rumble, and SummerSlam, just to name a few. So visit Facebook.com slash WWE Tapmania for more info. Now back to the show. You asked me how my weekend was. Um, after after SummerSlam, I will say it was it 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 took something of a nosedive. For one thing, I like I I uh I was I switched hotels, which was my the hotel was great. I accidentally switched to like the like the Ramada in downtown Brooklyn without realizing that that was where like every wrestling fan was staying. Like that was You're in the fan hotel? Yeah, like you the fans who like the fans who were smart enough to know where the talent hotel was but you can't get into the talent yeah. hotel. That's where everybody was staying. The crew was staying there actually. I was in the I was the my last night there was riding the elevator and realized I was with like the sort of like camera Marty the cameraman. Like, Marty was in the elevator with me. I love Marty. Shout um, out to Marty. I was going to say the kind of the kind of production side guys who like the hardcore fans know their names. Like mm-hmm. that's I like all those guys were there. Marty is certainly one of them. Um but yeah, so it was it was a uh, I mean he, Marty was Marty had like the run of the place too. Like he was just like He directs now too. Oh really? Yeah. He was like in with all of the hotel employees. They were just like yeah. I mean, handing him extra tra- coffee those bags. Those dudes travel 300 days a year, so like they know every hotel employee. So, they know every, you know, and and by the way, any anytime anything I say about WWE needs to stop running multiple days in a row. They actually need to work those sort of things into their schedule more because you could tell everybody on every WWE employee was so happy to be in the same city oh, for yeah. four days. You don't have to get in a car and drive four hours to Buffalo no. for your next show. Going to bed at whatever time and saying like, oh, I just have to show up at Barclays well, at eleven or twelve. Like that's a that's the best thing. Also for those guys, low key, like after the match, like they can go get a beer. They can, you know, they yep. can go have dinner. They can go kind of do what football players do, like relax, turn down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. It was a... Uh, Nature, was... if you will. Yeah. Shout out to Nature Boy, Shout Ric Flair. Shout out to Nature Boy. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, I was, so I was suddenly right in the mix of like, you know, these are my people. And it was, so it's nice just to be able to like be in line for yeah. a, for a sub sandwich and not even think about it and you're just immediately talking to the stranger next to you about like and the t-shirt somebody game getting is, squashed or yeah, whatever. the t-shirt game is always off the hook these weekends wherever you're staying. Yeah, I was outside. I was like waiting outside my hotel and I was in no, I had no wrestling gear on and a guy just walked up next to me and was just like, so are you at the show tonight? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. This yeah. Is what, I guess we all were. Um, anyway, Raw was, Raw was a huge fucking disaster and it it's the fans' fault. I mean, it was back up to SummerSlam when 
uh, whoever, let's just call him, you know, asshole number one through the through the uh, beach ball. This is a masked mask tag team. Asshole yeah. number one, asshole number two. <laughs> the first person that threw the beach ball, um, whatever, that was dumb. Uh, but the point, I'm, the, the important takeaway is that Cesaro did the best, I mean, did, was, you, you can't fault Cesaro for being in full, I mean, just totally keeping it in kayfabe running out in the crowd, grabbing the ball and, and break. I don't know if that was kayfabe, but, but in character doing that. In the moment, that's a great heel move, but then it had babyface repercussions. The which, repercussion is that now everybody shows up for Raw saying, I want to be a part of the show. I want to be the guy how. that gets my beach ball ripped out of my hands by wrestler X. I just can't wrap my mind around how you spend whatever amount of money you spent for those Raw tickets and you decide to and decide to like spend your time there watching throwing beach balls or watching beach balls or doing the wave. I get it. I, it happens at baseball games all the time. But, but there's so but much downtime. Nothing happens at baseball games. Yeah, that's the it's it's crazy. And I get that everybody's all hep, hopped up from like being together watching wrestling for all these days. But and then you saw John Cena on Raw do the same thing that Cesaro did but the babyface version which uh, was hype up the crowd, play into the waves play into the beach ball, starting chance to play, to, to uh, placate it. Meanwhile, Samoa Joe, his, his uh, you know, the heel, is standing in the middle, middle, middle of the ring holding his jock, looking like an idiot, waiting to fight. And the Miz, the Miz like, tried to, tried to, like, I think the Miz struck the right balance of, like, acknowledging it and trying to shut it down at the same time, but there's really nothing you can do in kayfabe to, like, I mean, the only thing you could do is leave. Right. The only like the yeah. like the only the it's it's like a really bad like fight with your girlfriend. Like at some point, the only thing you can do to like make the point is just to walk out of the room. I, I just I've, I've never been, been in that I've situation. I've been on the case of entitled fans uh, making themselves part of the show for a very long time that it's it's a really big problem. It's a tough balance because wrestling invites the fan like wrestling the art of professional wrestling only works when the crowd is an equal part of the product, right? Yeah. I mean, like, if I've said this a million times, you're only a baby face if the crowd is cheering you. Like, exactly. the fans are a part of the product. And sometimes, when the crowd puts themselves over at these, like, post-big event raws, it's a blur, it's a, it's a fine line, and it's hard to say right or wrong, right? When the crowd is chaining, I mean, when the crowd is chaining, you know, Michael Cole and, or JBL just to get the announcer's attention, sort of like, that. that's... That's 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 gray area. Right. When they then just start chanting like CM Punk or Randy Savage or whatever, that's I think that's probably where the line is. But there's no there's no gray area with beach balls. All right, the, I mean that's just disrespectful nonsense. Yeah, when you're watching action in the ring and everyone's face in the crowd is turned to the left, not focusing on the ring, it's very weird. It doesn't it doesn't usually happen. Yeah, it's, it's the focus should be on what's happening in the ring. Those dudes working their asses off to entertain you, and you and it's like you know, oh, shiny keys. Yeah, I need to look at exactly. that. exactly. And the the weirdest thing is that, not the weirdest thing. Another thing to point out is that I get I get when the beach balls. I, I don't approve of it at all. But I but I understand the beach balls as another like this like an unnecessary this is boring chant to like another degree right if the, yeah. if there's a, like when they started doing it during the during the cruiserweight match I was it, it's almost more heartbreaking for the performers but and it's and it's more disrespectful in a certain way but I I understand the logic behind that behind it's like this that I don't care what's in the ring I'm gonna do another thing when you're doing it during Finn Balor's match when you're doing it during the main event it's like. 
Oh, it just says so much about who you are. It's, it's like same, it's, I don't want to. I don't want to rant the same on fans. People but. who will go online and be like, "Why aren't they doing more with Finn Balor?" Why and, they then, doing- and then in the middle of a Finn Balor match on Raw, pretty much in the last hour, you know, the main hour of Raw, they're playing with a they're playing with a a, a beach ball. I was there. I, I said I said with my buddy Dean, and Dean and I are not like best friends. I think if we were, I mean, just we haven't jogged out that much. Nothing wrong with Dean. Uh, but if I had been there with like a best friend, like someone I was really very close to, I probably would have walked out on Raw. I was just like, it was, it was, yeah. it, it was a little bit awkward because I, it, I, I mean, but it, it was, it was just, it hurt, man. And it WWE was, it hurt to watch. gets a lot of flack for taking fan signs away when it's sort of off message, yeah. which I get. But like, I'm not mad at them for banning beach balls. Well, the brilliance of the beach ball is you can put it in your back pocket. But if you, yeah, you know, and blow it up, uh, you know, there's a lot of places you can hide, you know, at, at, when it's the, flattened. I um, but I, I, I th- there was a moment right at the end where during the main event or I think or during the Finn Balor match, I don't even remember which one it was, but where the these guys behind me, and to be fair, it was like four guys between the ages of like 14 and 20. Like they're like when we're ranting about terrible fans liking beach balls, let's acknowledge that a lot of them are like literally kids yeah. and that bouncing balls do Shiny distract. Key, yeah. yeah. But they were chanting, we want beach ball. And that crowd, that, that chant died. Down. We want seriously, we want beach ball. And then that, that chant died. And immediately they started chanting. This is boring about the match. And I just turned around and glared at him and said, like, you weren't watching the match. Yeah. Like, don't tell me this is boring. It's, you were watching a fucking beach ball. The what chants have to go and the CM Punk chants have to go and, you know, the off message, you know, distraction chants have to go. Yeah, I mean, the CM Punk thing, it's died down a lot, but I heard a couple of those chants. And the, I mean, it's just it, it's more evidence of what we're talking about. That The reason why you chant CM Punk is because it's a chant that you think can catch on and you can feel good about having started the chant. You're not, no one is actually, no one is actually like suggesting that CM Punk should come out right then. Anyway, I don't want to kill these people. The real, the real heartbreaking part about it is for me as a wrestling fan and as a wrestling writer and podcaster and someone who has obviously thought too deeply about professional wrestling for a long time. Yeah. It's confronting this question. This is your gimmick. This is, I am, I am forced to confront the question the existential question of is a beach ball really actually more interesting than professional wrestling? Hot take. I don't believe it is, but this is like, like that's like a Fox news Chiron. <laughs> I think it's a real question because all of these people are watching the fucking beach ball news at 11. These people a- who paid good money to go see. And listen, I know. I mean, I think that we all can agree that a lot of the appeal of going to a pro wrestling show is being around pro wrestling fans and, and engaging in chants together and sort of being a part of this like hive mind of like yeah. this, this snarky Shared hive experience. mind. Yeah, exactly. And really, when you look at it that way, there's not a big di- distinction between chanting Roman sucks and chanting we want beach ball. You're part of the shared experience. And it's and and if you're not just if you're not making the distinction between those two things, if you're not if, if there's not a meaningful difference for you, then I mean, I guess you, I can't really like. Talk the, shit about the him. Real it's, effective uh, experiment, and Kevin Dunn would never do this because his whole philosophy revolves around lighting the crowd. Is don't is turn the lights off yeah. on the crowd the way W the way early WCW NWA Mid South mm-hmm. all the old wrestling NXT does it a lot. Yeah, turn the lights off on the crowd, and remarkably, you'll see a lot of those chants go this, away. A lot of that crap go away. This is actually the point. I mean, and I, and because they'll look up on the monitor and not see themselves. Yeah, I, I think this is this is this gets to the real heart of it. And I've said this before, but 
the most fun I've had at a WWE show in the past five years has been at house shows. And recent, I, a year ago- I think I went, wrestlers would agree with you. I went to a, a, a house show at Staples Center. And that's a, it's not just the venue. I was at Staples Center. And every person there, the lights were down, no camera. They actually had a camera. They, have, they use a camera for ring entrances to put it on the Jumbotron. But, yeah. they, but obviously there's no cameras filming the, filming the show. Everybody there was 100% committed to kayfabe. And it's, it's so simple and so silly. But like, with the exception of some like, that was right when like the, even the, even the total marks were starting the Roman sucks chants, whatever. With the exception of that kind of stuff, and I don't think that's outside of kayfabe at that point. Everybody was so committed to just having a good time at the wrestling show. Yeah. And I, and all I can say is, as it like, for the wrestling fans listening to this podcast, I guess that's everyone listening to this podcast. It's actually more fun that way. Like it's oh, not yeah. like I guess shows are by far the most fun thing you can do. If you engage in the, I mean, it's like, it's like everybody's had a situation where you're like watching a TV show and your buddy or your girlfriend or whatever is like reading a magazine in the corner and they look up and they're just like, ah, this is dumb. And you're like, you're not watching the show, you know, yeah. like, it's like you have to invest yourself and it's not hard, but like we're all wrestling fans. We should be invested. You watch any old clip. I mean, the audience is so engaged. They're shocked when shocking things happen. Oh man. They're amazed when amazing things happen. They're horrified when horrifying things happen. Nowadays, shocking, horrifying, amazing things happen. And you see backs of fans. You see people looking at their phones. Yeah. And obviously this is like get off my yard type things. You know, like I'm an like, old grizzled 40 year old, but like, you know, engage, put your phone away. Totally there. I'm totally right there. I mean, and, and, and honestly, part of the house show thing is that like, despite the fact that this is awesome chance or a dime a dozen these days, the really great high highs, not just the high spots, but the, but the high moments of a wrestling match are only meaningful if you've paid attention to everything that got you to that point. Yeah. Right. You got to pay attention to the arm bar. You got to like be there be in the moment for the two-minute arm bar you to gotta, really appreciate when a guy jumps off the top rope. I, I, I 100%, I 100% agree. Uh, yeah, you have to be there for when they grab a hold. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate everybody listening. Get to the, off my yeah, lawn! The Get off my lawn episode of The Masked Man Show. We got about 10 minutes left, fellas. Um, so let's run through the fallout really quickly. Heel producer Jim is in my ear saying we got to get out of here. Um, we got we got ten or fifteen more. Um, Wrap it up. Raw and SmackDown were both, I think. In a, I mean, I think last year the Raw after after SummerSlam was was a pretty big smarky show. I mean, the crowd was there, but but we're fully in an era where the post SummerSlam episodes are as big as the post WrestleMania episodes. They're booking towards Raw and SmackDown. They're booking plot. They're booking yeah. plot changes. You know, I've oh, I've long been saying there's not enough plot on pay-per-views anymore. You have to wait for the Raw the oh, next night so for the plot. You have to wait for the SmackDown. So I, I'm i more of a, I would love, when I pay, which I don't, but, you know, I mean, I pay for the network. But I'd like to see more plot on pay-per-views. But, yeah, you have to wait for Raw to see the new season premiere. I know, and I get the argument is that, like, like they have, like, the ratings on the USA Network are the only really, like, tangible thing that matters for WWE's yeah. bottom line, and so they, they they direct everything to there. But I just think it's a weird, like, chasing the, like, chasing the tail situation where, like, if the pay-per-views were, like, shocking and amazing, 
then you'd be tuning into Raw regardless yeah. of what happened. Well, you know, it's like the the paradigm shift. It used to be that the live the, the TV was to promote the live event. Back then, in the territorial yeah, days, then yeah. The, then the TV was used to promote the pay-per-view. Now the pay-per-view is used to promote the TV. So we've come full circle almost. In but, the, the, but the problem is there's so much TV that there's almost like nothing. There's, you don't know the moment you're supposed to be watching. And, yeah. and it's asking a lot for fans to watch every little thing. Anyway... Um, but it does, it does make Monday coming home from work being like, all right, some, some shit's going to go down now. You know, I, I have to watch a post pay-per-view. I say to my wife all the time, it's a post pay-per-view raw. Like I can't watch bachelor in paradise. I can't watch. The I bachelor. can't. I watched. Yeah. I've been watching the, I watched the bachelor this season. Um, bachelor in paradise has some hot booking. But I was going to say bachelor in paradise is like more controversy more, creates cash. More kayfabe than pro wrestling. Unbelievable. That was the best thing that came out of that whole terrible situation with Bachelor in Paradise when they were just like, what? Like, people were actually on the record anonymously saying, like, well, we had told them that they needed to be together. So, yeah. and then, so they decided to go have a drink and get to know each other. Yeah, it's just so, I love the whole world as a work. Um, anyway, to Raw, Enzo and Cass had a Brooklyn street fight, which is what they should have done on Sunday. Um, what should not have happened either night, sadly, is Big Cass uh, blew out his MCL or ACL. ACL, or possible MCL uh, in addition. Oh, man. That was tough to watch, especially if you watch the the secondary video that I saw uh, floating around online today of him walking to the back with the, with help and, like, cursing and, you know, slamming his hands down on the railing and, you know, facepalm, you know, really, really upset. Obviously, the guy's worked his ass off to get to that spot. The amount of... On the precipice of getting a huge push yeah. as a big man in a monster company... In a company that like promotes monsters, the amount of the amount of now he's out nine months. The amount of tanning booth time alone that yeah. he has spent for for this put for this moment is it's really sad to see it taken away. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects Enzo. It's rough. You never Enzo's, like to see that. Did you see like Enzo's tweets also were like really bizarre too, where it's you couldn't tell if he was working or not. He was like sort of working, but then like it yeah. was seemed like he was actually talking shit. Anyway, um, it'll be interesting to see how this affects Enzo's stock because this is the the moment. I mean. This would be an opportunity to really push Enzo to give him the yeah. the win in this big feud and whatever. Anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll um, get to it when we talk SmackDown quickly. Yeah, what the uh, Enzo? Um, the big the biggest moment of Raw, probably my favorite moment of the entire weekend, was John Cena coming out. Now, now Raw talent John Cena confronting Roman Reigns from the very first of all, the John Cena beach ball thing at the end was some some bullshit. He's the hottest free agent since Gordon Hayward. <laughs> exactly, but he's a. Uh, but Cena was like hamming it up all night to a weird degree. He was so goofy all night. I look, I know again, the group text a lot of love for John Cena and I have a lot of love for John Cena his career and the man himself, but like his goofiness drives me crazy. He does not his promos unless it's like the week before WrestleMania, his promos are not the way men speak to men especially in a personal conflict. If he wanted to start some shit and lay some seeds for his big match with Roman Reigns eventually, take it seriously. Yeah, it, it drives me crazy, the goofy grin. It does. It's like the weird, it's like the through the looking glass version of when you watch like 80s promos and you realize now as an adult how much cocaine they were on. Yeah. It just is like, it sort of takes you out of the moment. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway, he comes out, does the stare down, or not the stare down, the face off with Roman Reigns. I wish there was Reigns. a stare down. Yeah, the face off with Roman Reigns, that's like really... Cool. And if they pull the trigger on that feud sooner rather than later, I'm all in. I mean, that's going to be... That's what I was seeing is that that match is going to come before WrestleMania. We're getting that in the lead up. We're getting that sooner mm -hmm. rather than later. But also it feels like we're one pay-per-view cycle at least away because also in the ring that night were The Miz having the promo of, of like a career-defining promo. Phenomenal. 
And then subsequently, Samoa Joe, I feel like we're, I feel like we're angling towards a, I mean, it could go in any direction, but we're angling towards Samoa Joe Cena and Ms. Roman Reigns as the next, as sort of like time, the, 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 I don't know, placeholder few, but that's the next sequence. For sure. Placeholder, I think is correct because I think those will be the bridge to Cena versus Reigns around Survivor Series-ish. Yeah. And then the Rumble will get us to Roman and Brock. Sure. I think that I have a couple of like big picture things coming out of that. One, I think it's, I still think it's a huge mistake to be booking Roman Brock. I mean, to be like banking on that for Mania, not just because Roman's, you know, it's unclear how they're positioning him, but more than anything, it's that uh, someone could get hurt. You know, like we've seen this, like how many WrestleMania main events have been, have just had to been tossed in the trash. They have a problem with being nimble for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I, but I do think the interesting flip side of that is that, I'm kind of I'm more interested in Roman Miz and John Cena versus versus Samoa Joe, and it'll be interesting to see if like the crowd the the reception to that affects those plans. The at best all. thing about Miz's promo was that he's absolutely correct. There was no wrestling, there was no like wrestling like uh you know sort of like uh, shoehorning some logic in there. No. He was absolutely correct, uh-huh. and with some more focused booking, you could make an argument that the Miz is John Cena's greatest rival. Oh yeah, in, in his career, at least in the last ten in the last ten years of his career, that was the only like the one thing that was going through my head when he was cutting that promo that I would have loved him to say was to make the heel like it's the untrue, but like you could make the case argument that that the Miz made John Cena. Yeah, like that's what the Miz should be saying. Well, in the vacuum left by Edge's terrible career-ending injury, yeah, the Miz is re- has really been John Cena's most focused rival. Or the Rock, but unfortunately, but yeah. we, we haven't gotten the matches to back that up. Well, and the problem, I mean, the, the Rock is the other one, but it's like the Rock's happened, you know, it's just a the, WrestleMania it, match. And yeah, the, the problem is that WWE has put that over as the greatest feud of all time, even though there's not there's not the matches. I mean, the bottom line is lots of exciting places to go with the, that foursome. If you haven't, uh, everyone listening to this has watched Raw, but rewatch that that interview. It was the it was the best moment of the weekend. It was really, And really again, cool. Cena was making jokes the whole time. Yeah. And, and Miz could not have been more serious. Yeah, he was. And there's no one better than the Miz. The Miz was the only person all night who was able to deal with the Brooklyn crowd being yeah. rebellious, even and and still like accept that everybody loves him, but still do it as a heel. Yeah, he was. He was just like 100 percent unbelievable. Character. What he has done with 12, with his career in 12 years is is remarkable. And I know this isn't. I'm not like breaking any news here, but the way that the Miz. Messed up the pronunciation of Barclays Center and then made that, Cena called him out on, but that part was fine on Cena's part. And then the Miz made that the, like, like the chorus of his, of the rest of his promo. Like that is as impressive or more than jumping off the hell in a cell and elbowing through a table. He's 1A under Heyman in terms of his mic work. Um, And Heyman's at the moment, I mean, Heyman's unstoppable and really, really great, but I mean, part of it's because the face and heel thing is all sort of hazy now, and I love it. But Heyman's not in the position of having to like hear the hear the cheers and still get over as a heel like he was two years ago. Yeah. Um, so uh, we is it is there anything else big that came out of Raw besides that? I mean, I I don't all, all I remember is all I remember is beach balls. I just um, think this is one of those they laid they they planted some seeds that were eventually getting Roman versus Cena, which will be huge. Oh. Which is the passing of the torch and uh you know Miz sort of taken from the mid card 
back into sort of the top tier main event. And also, I mean, obviously the thing I forgot to talk about was Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman are officially now booked Uh, for for No Mercy. We buried the lead. That's the, I mean, it's crazy. Brock Braun is the money. Braun was look like a trillion bucks on Sunday. Unbelievable. And then again on Monday, they let him go over. And that match might- Hulkster called him the new Hulkster. I, I don't disagree with that. Unbelievable. What they, the, I mean, it's a lot of credit to him. He's just, I mean, he has the personality. Yeah. And he's obviously got the the God-given, you know, bulk and and body. He's unbelievable. What sold me is the, the his match with the Big Show before WrestleMania, yeah. where he was where he was ro- rolling rolling out of arm bars and 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 t- and and the the ring collapse and everything that sort of made him. But to quote Jimmy Corderas, the former WWE referee on Twitter, um, Brock at SummerSlam, Brock went over, Braun got over. I that's, thought that was genius. That's brilliant. And and he and this is a I mean. I, if you I, I can't I can't believe this is a strange thing to say, but how natural and obvious them booking them, them in the main event for No Mercy feels, you know, it really it felt and part of it was the smart way that they booked Cena and, and Reigns and Samoa Joe after, you know, for, after that on Raw. But it was um, it's just such a natural spot for Braun Strowman. And my fear with him, as much as I love him, was that it was always going to end up feeling shoehorned and kill his heat because he was going to get some of that Roman Reigns like WWE is forcing this giant guy on us you know, reaction yeah. from the crowd. And it just, it feels, they love them. it's great. It's, it's really wonderful. By the way, speaking of those He's guys, got a great t-shirt too. There, we don't talk a lot about like, you know, our uh, uh, interaction with, with WWE employees and wrestlers included after hours. Um, you know, we, I, Rosenberg is a WWE talent at this point. So occasionally we get into hotel bars and whatnot that otherwise I, I might not be able to get into, but that should be, it, it's, it's, it feels like a violation sometimes when you're in there watching wrestlers be real people. Yeah. But there's space, like there's some way that they they could do. It's not even a network show, but they should just be like tweeting out photos of wrestlers. I know it breaks kayfabe, but there's something like so compelling about seeing Braun Strowman and, and Bray Wyatt like eat a hamburger. Yeah. That it's, it's, I would almost rather see that than watch them wrestle at this point. I I would pay to pay to see that. You know, I'm a hamburger uh, aficionado. I know you are the 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 hamburger. Check out my Instagram at Goldstein Andrew for all my latest burger. Uh, you know, well well worth the follow. Burger eatings. Um, but it's it's funny just to see who kind of the alphas are in in a room full of wrestlers. That's that's wow. one it's of my fascinating. I could watch wrestlers post up at the WrestleMania bar all night. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. All right, so on to SmackDown. Um, a couple of big things. Shelton Benjamin has returned. Love it. Uh, perfect role for him. Um, Bobby Roode is now a member of the SmackDown roster. Very heated debate on on the group text about oh yeah, Dipperstein was really really out on the way they debuted him. They, he thought they should have brought him Underwhelming. in as a conquering hero and whatever. But my argument was it was it, it was a character introduction for the people who don't watch NXT. You got Bobby Roode's full ring entrance. Mm-hmm. You got Bobby Roode's full finishing maneuver set move set. Yeah, and you got a. Bobby Roode promo. And also the SmackDown roster just isn't big enough to be like totally squashing Aiden English. I mean, that's it's good. It, yeah. Who else is he going to squash? That's the guy you squash. Yeah. Um, 
So I was fine with it. I'm very excited for arguments. Bobby Roode. Meltzer, I think, reported earlier this week. I'm a huge Bobby Roode mark. I think, I've been since the TNA days. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I wasn't I was sure how he was going to work in WWE. I'll admit that. He's but a poor Mel- man's Triple H. I think Meltzer reported this week that he's uh, that he's like, they see him as a top five guy in the company. So I really hope so. I think the Triple, Triple H, H thing sees- is right. We talked about that this weekend that I think the the big my biggest problem with Bobby Roode's character is that he's playing Nature Boy and he's not. Yeah, like the he actually only he's one of the best in ring workers in the company as far as just like staying in character, like every, like se- like second to second, he's always in the perfect his, spot. His intensity is wonderful. His look is wonderful. The one thing I'm not all in on. The one thing he looks mechanical doing is like when he's wearing the robe and posing for the camera. Yeah, like it's not he's it's not him. He's more Triple H than he is than he is Nature than he is Ric Flair. And I'm I, excited to see what they do with him. But Smack SmackDown is a really fun place for him because you look at the matchups that oh, could so come in the next six months yeah it's awesome um like kevin owens versus bobby Roode, like that's gonna be great it's reassuring to see that nakamura after a sort of blah per- performance on i thought that was at, perfect at smackdown was is back in the is, is staying in the the main event picture perfect booking that they didn't rush because they could have done that in the lead up which is nakamura versus the Singh brothers but you got the Singh brothers screwing him out of his title you know, his title victory with Jinder. Then you get Nakamura versus the Singh brothers. And uh, and then um, AJ and Owens had their had, had a rematch. Shane is as involved as ever. Baron Corbin is as well. I mean, we're clearly careening towards uh, Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon showdown at some point, which is fine by me. And you're going to get AJ versus Baron, Baron Corbin, which I, I like Ooh. the infusion of Baron in there because it gives them all it gives them all something to After do. After Baron basically got just buried it. I mean, he yeah. he basically jobbed at SummerSlam. He did not get buried, but yeah. he, but it's a it, it's an interesting. I mean, Corbin's in an interesting place. It'll be interesting to see where they go with him and AJ if that's the direction that they take. Um, we got to get out of here. Shout out to my um, to the TSA agent at out in New York on my way back who saw me in a saw my Macho Man Randy Savage shirt and immediately just started running down Jinder Mahal. Uh, he was just like he saw a wrestling fan and was just like, "What's the deal? What's the fucking deal with Jinder?" <laughs> Wow. A TSA agent not liking a brown-skinned person. Wow. I'm not, <laughs> oh, no, that's not where I wanted to I go. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jinder Mahal, by the way, we, we the talked best. to. Check out. Check out. Um, uh, I did a special guest spot on Cheap Heat on Friday night. and uh, The Heat and Greet. At the Heat and Greet. And it was Jinder uh, made a surprise appearance. The modern appearance. day Maharaja walked into thunderous applause and, and chants. It was unbelievable how over that, he is. I love that they're sticking with him. He's he's I great. Well, Shoemaker, thank you so much. Uh, this was a thrill. My uh, first time out West since the Ringer launched. So I, I'm I'm very honored to uh, to sit in this seat. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, Do you have anything man. you want to plug on the way out the door? Uh, at Ange Gold on Twitter, A-N-G-E-G-O-L-D. And my show, Vidiots, is on MTV2. It's, yes. it's running in marathons now, like 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, check it out. It's basically... Human Beavis and Butthead, comedians watching music videos. We're bringing music videos back. Check it out. Videots on MTV2. Music videos are coming back. They're back, baby. Adam Cole, baby! Listen, uh, I hope you enjoyed SummerSlam. I hope you did not throw a beach ball or bat one or even, you know, pay undue attention to one if you're listening to this, but we can still be friends. Apologies to Dean Ambrose. We'll see you back here next week, humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. 